2: Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. A happy Thanksgiving to you and yours this Thanksgiving weekend. And we hope it's filled with nothing but football winners. We'll decide just that on the show as we go against the spread on the show today. With that, I want to welcome in our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. And, Victor, first of all, I'd like to wish you, Sandy, and the family a very happy Thanksgiving. And the same to you in the football world as well.
1: Uh, thank you, Mark. Right back at you to uh, you and Colleen, the staff at Playbook, and all of our listeners as well. A happy holiday to everybody.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, it's Thanksgiving is always a great time for football. I guess it's good and it's sad in one instance. It's good because football card is absolutely loaded with great games each and every year, Thanksgiving weekend, starting with the Turkey Day games and going all the way through the Monday night football matchup in a little bit, different this year in college football is the fact that all the rivalry weekend games or most of them happen are happening this thanksgiving weekend as opposed to the week before usually when it's thanksgiving week we have about half as many games playing as we will have this weekend so we've got a full house of college football on tap this particular weekend and quite a few games that have a lot of importance, especially in the world of the college football playoff rankings and to those teams that maybe not be in the rankings, but those who are battling for a bowl position to become bowl eligible this week. And Victor, before I turn it over to you, as far as the college football playoff rankings are concerned, I want to pass this quick note along to our listeners in regard to the college football team's There are 11 total teams that are at five and six going into this weekend, meaning they need one win to all each become bowl eligible. Ironically, six of those teams are facing one another. So those are do or die games. Those will be terrific football games. The five games that do not involve do or die situations where just the five teams alone have to win their games this week would include San Jose State playing on Thanksgiving Day, And then over the weekend, LSU, North Texas, South Alabama, and Troy. Those are the five teams that need wins to become bowl eligible this football season. Put them on your list and see where they fit onto your playlist this particular weekend. And with that, Victor, moving back to the college football playoff rankings that came out this week. I don't know what your thought or your opinion is, but uh, the first thought that I have is there's a new kid on the block in the playoff rankings this year. That would be Clemson at number 23 in the college football rankings. We haven't seen Clemson in a long, long while. They usually held residence inside the college football playoff rankings since their inception. They fell out because of their horrible start at the beginning of the football season, but have wormed their way back in. And in fact, if Clemson wins their football game this weekend and Wake Forest Clemson doesn't even have to win their game. Let me correct that against South Carolina. If Wake Forest loses their game at Boston College, Clemson will be back in the ACC championship game. It's unbelievable the turn of events that have happened in the ACC this year. Victor, what was your take on what you saw with the college football playoff rankings this week? We're going to have two more rankings next week and then the one after the college conference championship games. Where do you stand as far as the college playoff rankings are concerned at this point?
1: Pretty much in agreement, you know, the uh, biggest fallers, of course, were based on losses, and that would be uh, Oregon, the Ducks. You may have been right about Oregon all along, Mark, as they fell from that number four spot all the way down to number 11, uh, getting their basically hats handed to them against Utah last week. Uh, Wake Forest also lost to Clemson, the team you just uh, mentioned that jumped into the top 25. They fell eight spots as well. Michigan State with that ugly loss against Ohio State where they mustered, what, one touchdown in the game, fell five spots as well. But speaking of worming your way in, like you just said, that means that uh, teams four through ten all moved up one spot or more. And that means we have a new team in the, in the top four. And that would indeed be the Cincinnati Bearcats, of course, undefeated in the AAC Conference.
2: Yeah, that would be something special if Cincinnati were able to win this week and uh, get past Houston in their conference championship game. There would be a lot of talk about them staying at the number four position. I don't know how they could fall if they win both games and thus making and crashing the party into the college football playoff this year. But saying it and doing it are two different things. Uh, I will say this, where Cincinnati is on the road this particular week, so too are two other undefeated football teams laying points onto the road in their final game of the season and that falls into one of our prime handicapping theories that we lay out in the playbook football newsletter we call that as the news tightens and basically what it involves are those undefeated teams laying points on the road in their final game of the season that news gets awfully awfully tight for those football teams this week we'll find the Cincinnati Bearcats the Georgia Bulldogs, and upstart Texas San Antonio,
1: mm-hmm. yes. all,
2: all the roadrunners, all saddling up, putting the noose on their neck. Let's see if I would think that there's a better chance that two of these three teams do not cash as opposed to only one of them, but we'll see exactly how they fare these as the New Titans road favorite fades this particular weekend. And Victor also involved in that five and six matchups. These teams that are five and six for the football season amongst those teams that do are facing one another, have those same identical records, happens to be Florida and Florida State. And the reason I'm bringing that up is the big news about Dan Mullen, the Florida head coach, received the pink slip. He'll coach this game and probably a bowl game if he so chooses and decides. But that bowl game won't happen unless they beat Florida State this week. And on the flip side, Florida State won't be going unless they beat Florida this week. So suddenly, that game takes on a huge impact for these two football teams from the state of Florida. And speaking about the state of Florida, Victor, i got to pose this question to you. What's happened to football in the state of Florida?
1: You know, we were talking before the show, and I just flat out asked Mark, who's the best college football team in the state of Florida? And, you know, normally something jumps right out at you, right? But (laughs) nothing could really come to mind. I mean... I was going to say Florida Atlantic, but they're five and six on the year. I I guess it's Central (laughs) Florida. They're seven and four. They're only four and three in conference play, but I guess it would have to be Central Florida. But uh, that is pretty ugly. You mentioned Dan Mullen and, of course, his fate there at Florida. They have a short list. It should be very, very interesting to see which way they go. That short list actually includes a guy who's currently not coaching, and that would be Bob Stoops returning to the sideline. Who knows? You know, he built his reputation as Florida's defensive coordinator when Steve Spurrier was the coach back in the 90s. And, you know, he's working as a Fox analyst now. He understands the importance of bringing things like the fun offense to Florida's fans. He's had dynamic offensive coordinators. Florida would be foolish not to at least gauge Bob Stoops' interest in the position. A guy who's flying uh, high these days, uh, doing very, very well with the Ragin' Cajuns, is Louisiana coach Billy Napier. He's been on the you know Power 5 radar for, for a couple of years now and their a jump to the sec has long seemed to make sense for napier he's the florida's the kind of job that should at least perhaps tempt him to leave a very comfortable spot i say that because he's had coordinator positions from his time in alabama and at clemson and of course growing up in georgia with a dad who coached high school football as well he has a relationship with jim McElwain who of course, used to be Colorado State before McIlwain went to Florida. So Napier, you know, he could have a good grasp of the pros and the cons that the Florida job offers. Another guy on the shortlist that they talk about who might, you know, want to come back down here to the Sunshine State is our friend Mario Cristobal. Uh, Nobody is a better recruiter than Cristobal is. He's shown that at Oregon. He showed that when he was down here as Florida as well. There are, you know, a few head coaches out there, uh, not named Sabin or, or Smart, that push recruiting like Cristobal does, uh, who has built an excellent roster at Oregon, definitely. He grew up in Miami, down here in South Florida. He played at the U. He spent three years as a Hurricanes assistant, six as Florida International's head coach, and I know that the Gators would probably need a pretty hefty buyout, but uh, Ball might definitely be worth it. So my short list includes those three guys, Mark, and if you're looking for a couple of long shots, I would also submit Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle, and finally, Bob Stoops' brother, Mark Stoops of Kentucky.
2: Well, what would be ironic in that sense, Victor, is if they were able to wrangle Bob Stoops down to Gainesville, we would have the Stoops brothers both coaching in the same conference.
1: Same conference, same division.
2: <laughs> yeah, which would be really uh, unique, to say the least. But out of out of the names you mentioned here, my best guess, my vote would probably go to Demario Cristobal. One, because he's young. The players would relate to him. Stoops is uh, a little bit generationally older than the players. Two, Napier is signed to a very, very strong long-term contract right now at Lafayette, and it would take a lot of money to get him out of that. It would also take a lot of money to lure Bob Stoops here as well, Regardless of what move it is they make, it's going to cost Florida dearly because there's also a buyout in the Dan Mullen situation as well. So, you know, when push comes to shove, I think Florida will end up going toward a younger coach that the players can relate to because they can recruit better. And Mario Stoops, I think, checks a lot of those boxes. Mario Cristobal does, I should say. So that would be my vote out of that uh, the group of contenders that you mentioned. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I do know one thing. Florida needs desperately to get back on the map in the world of college football. They ruled, for all intents and purposes, the world of college football just as little as 10 years ago, and now they're nowhere to be found. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. I'm visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports as we go Against the Spread on this Thanksgiving weekend football card. And, Victor, let's take it over to the National Football League side of things where things are getting very, very interesting and intriguing in the NFL, where parity ends up being a key word in the National Football League these days. And even from the standpoint that uh, I was a little bit surprised when I come across this, that last week in the National Football League, four division leading teams lost to losing teams last week, which more or less speaks to parity in the National Football League. Right now, I'm not seeing a dominant juggernaut team in the National Football, National football League that ends up being got to get on them right now because it looks like they're going to cruise, so forth and whatnot. Kansas City looks like they may be getting their act back together again here right now at this particular stage. The Green Bay Packers look like the team to beat so long as they can stay healthy. Obviously, health is a big concern for a lot of these football teams. But as you mentioned before the show, there might be a guy out there playing right now that might be the best team in the National Football League as we speak today, and who would that team be, Victor, as you mentioned to me?
1: You know, you're right about one thing. There's no uber team in the NFL this year. Uh, as soon as a team gets to that plateau where they have three, maybe four convincing wins in a row, they just completely, you know, crap the bed in their next game. But uh, despite a record of 7-4 and four in the season, a sharp guy can argue that the New England Patriots might be the best team in the AFC. Here, their averaging their average winning margin is plus eleven point one points per game on the year, despite a seven and four record, three hundred points for, only one hundred and seventy seven points against. And of course, over their last four or five games, the margins almost been double that as well. That's how dominant they've been in the last month of play. We all know that you know Bill Belichick plays the first month of the season like it's the preseason, and then they turn on the Jets once we get into October, and then November, and then December, and it definitely looks to be the way for that in terms of New England. Uh, You mentioned the losers, you know, both number one seeds in each conference lost last week. That would be Tennessee, who got shocked at home by Houston. They were the number one seed in the AFC. And, of course, the Packers that you just mentioned, who lost on the road in last-second fashion against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uber team i highly doubt it but i I gotta say one thing you really have to commend what arizona cardinals have done lately Uh, here they are winning big games on the division road in which they do not have their starting quarterback and they do not have their most impactful offensive player in uh, hopkins i'm talking murray i'm talking hopkins they're going on the road with colt mccoy and they're still beating san francisco they're still beating seattle I credit their defense. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are allowing only 18.3 3 points per game on the year. So I, I think the sky's the limit, and, and, and the Cardinals are, are flying high regardless of who's at quarterback.
2: It might be time to give a little bit of love to Cliff Kingsbury as well, mm-hmm. I mean, for the job that he's done at Arizona. You know, they kind of came onto the scene a little bit last year when uh, they broke their losing ways with an 8-8 eight and eight season. And Kyler Murray just got better and better as the season wore on. He was having an MVP-type season until he got injured. And if he comes back healthy, they might indeed be the team to beat in the NFC at least, if not the National Football League. So a lot of interesting aspects are taking place over the course of the National Football League these days. Uh, Victor, if you would, I know it's uh, as far as results have gone, it's been still a pretty good year for the underdogs. And it looks like a lot of low-scoring football games as well.
1: Boy, low scoring, you definitely got that right. Uh, yeah, decent week for the Dogs last week, uh, or at least split down the middle. 7-8 and eight against the spread. On the year, 93-71. and 71. Road Dogs in the NFL on the blind for the year are now 63-37-1. That's 63% betting on nothing but Road Underdogs for the entire season. Uh, really, really good numbers there. And you talked about the low scoring and how. It's the... Uh, it's the uh, headline of this week's totals tip sheet, the fact that over the last five weeks in the NFL, the average game has averaged only 43.9 points per game. That's almost six points per game less than last year when we had that record-breaking season in which over 49 points were were scored uh, per game. So here we're at, and over the last five weeks in the NFL, 29 overs, 42 unders, 43.9 points per game, On the season, 71-93, 57%. Uh, I would imagine Andy may have something to say about this, but obviously it's got to be a pretty good game for the books, knowing that uh, Mr. Joe Public out there likes laying the points and betting overs, and it's the opposite that's happened this season. The dogs bringing home the bacon and the low-scoring unders as well.
2: Exactly. I think there's not a... And a bookmaker out there that's uh, shedding a tear this football season here, they're loving it. And, you know, as far as handicappers go, depending upon your style, if you like underdogs, you're loving it. If you like unders, you'll love that as well. So we'll see whether or not this trend continues in the National Football League moving forward, starting with this Thanksgiving weekend. Before we move on to our featured college football game of the week, we've got on tap this particular week. I want to review review with you once again our current up-to-date playoff Picture these teams that are involved or alive if the playoffs were to begin this particular weekend. Those teams would be the number one seeds, Tennessee, who lost last week, but still retains that number one position. And Arizona over on the NFC side of things. Followed by Baltimore and Green Bay at the number two seeds. Number three seeds, the Red Hot New England Patriots and the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. Coming in at number four, the suddenly surging Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys at number five, the surprising Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams number six, the LA chargers and the Minnesota Vikings and the seventh and final seeds right now would be Buffalo and the new Orleans saints. The three teams on the outside, just looking in that have a lot to play for moving forward would be the number eight seeds, Pittsburgh and San Francisco, the number nine seeds, Indianapolis. I think it's Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you're right. I can't read my P's and my A's. is Philadelphia. <laughs> and the number 10 seeds, the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers. So keep those plays in mind, those teams in mind, if you will, as we look ahead to the National Football League card this week and moving forward. And don't go away, guys. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear apart our college football game of the week here on Rivalry Week. And what better game to tear apart than Bedlam in Oklahoma When the Oklahoma State Cowboys host the Oklahoma Sooners, we'll tear that game apart and more when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America
0: devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The totals tip sheet is a must read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL totals guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving weekend to you and yours, Victor King and I going against the spread. On this weekend's College and Pro Football Card, it's time once again for our featured college football game of the week. And as I mentioned before the break, it's Bedlam in Oklahoma, where the Oklahoma State Cowboys play host to the Oklahoma Sooners in a battle for first place in the Big 12. Victor, how do you see the Battle of Bedlam shaking out this Saturday?
1: Well, first off, the definition of Bedlam, of course, is a place, a scene, or a state of uproar and confusion. And that could certainly be the case there at uh, Boone Pickens Stadium, a nice rare Saturday night primetime kickoff, 7.30 Eastern, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Between the Sooners and the Cowboys and the Over Underline, opened at 50 and a half and it looks like a sharp move moved it down a point or two i'm showing there's some 49 and a halves out there there's some 49s i say that because uh, it looks like around 70% of all early wagers are on the under but about 95% of all early cash is on the under between these two particular teams uh, oklahoma 6 and 5 over under on the season the Sooners started off 5-2 and over-under in their first seven games. They are on a low-scoring streak as of late, however, 1-3 and over-under in their last four games with the average margin minus 8.7 points per game for Oklahoma. Uh, the Cowboys, we've talked about them earlier this year, one of the better under teams on the season for Oklahoma State, 3-7-1 over-under. Their average game has gone under by minus 5.4 points per game in a weird uh, or interesting little twist. All five of their road games have gone under while their home games have gone 3, 2, and 1 over-under on the season. Uh, obviously, you know, kudos to the Cowboys and this fantastic defense that they have, number one in the conference, number three overall in the entire country, and the number two scoring defense at 14.9 points per game Uh, the series for a long time between these two was pretty high scoring from uh, 2012 through 2018 this series was all about high scoring in fact it averaged 82.4 points per game with that said however each of the last two meetings have gone under the total and I still don't know what to make about uh, you know quarterback Caleb Williams of Oklahoma I'm I'm not all in on the guy just yet. He's had some great games this season. I know that. He had some dominant performances, but let's provide a little context. Those were against some of the dregs of the uh, Big 12 Conference. Against Texas, Kansas, Texas Tech, and TCU, he led Oklahoma to 46.2 point per game average. But against the two tougher defenses that he played in the last two weeks, We're talking number two and number three defenses in Baylor and Iowa State. The scoring was severely curtailed for Oklahoma, only 21.0 points per game in those last two games. And that's the way we're definitely looking in this game. I played it under the total at the line of 50. We we still have some value at a line of 49 to 49.5. Obviously, the game means everything, though, to the Sooners they lose and they're out of the big 12 championship game next week and instead will go to baylor against oklahoma state so uh everything matters to oklahoma in this particular game the cowboys can lose this game and they'll still be in the big 12 championship next week one more thing in terms of oklahoma is that they have a little bit of an underrated defense of their own in fact no team has gone over 27 points versus oklahoma since tcu back in week six They've allowed only 23.0 points per game in their last four. And the implied score in this game is Oklahoma State 27.0, Oklahoma 22.5. So with that said, not only is there some sharper money on the under, but there's a couple of other factors. And again, one of the things, and I said was the last two meetings in this series went under by a margin of 12.0 points per game. that's a huge difference from the 95 points that these two scored back in Bedlam in 2018. And of course, uh, you know, both both of these teams, they've improved drastically on the defensive side of the ball since then as well. So there you have it. We're going low. Considering both of these teams want to run the ball frequently in this game, it wouldn't be surprising if the under holds up. And that's the way we'll be going, Mark.
2: Victor sees a defensive battle between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Bedlam on Saturday, In Stillwater, taking a look at the Oklahoma Sooners coming into this football game, as Victor mentions here, if Oklahoma State wins or loses this game, either way, they'll be in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma needs the win to make that Big 12 championship game. Otherwise, it will be Baylor taking on Oklahoma State. So they're a lot on the line here for the Oklahoma Sooners who come into this contest here, having defeated Oklahoma State 16 of the last 18 times they've played. And inside those 16, or inside those 18 games, I should say, they've been an underdog twice. They won both of those games straight up and against the spread. That makes Oklahoma what we call at Playbook a dia-dia. Dogs in action, doing it again. Those are dominating dogs, dominating teams who are now dogs in a series that they've dominated in the past. Oklahoma also comes into the football game having won 18 of the last 19 games overall. That streak was broken when they fell to Baylor, but they're on an 18-1 straight-up winning scheme are the Oklahoma Sooners coming into the contest. Oklahoma State brings in a a terrific defense, ranked number three overall in the nation, allowing just 262 yards a game. In fact, they've held four opponents to season-low yards the last four games, according to our midweek alert. And if you take a look at this overall comparison of the two defenses, Oklahoma State has the edge by 127 yards defensively over Oklahoma. You take a look here also what they've done here of late in the last four football games. They've allowed only one offensive touchdown as Oklahoma State. They are hitting on all cylinders right now coming into this contest. The question is, can they keep it up at the time they need to keep it up? I feel personally the pressures on Oklahoma State in this football game. Because it's a step-up game and they need to prove that they do indeed deserve being the number one seeded team in the Big 12 Conference here. And they can take Oklahoma down. Another side to my side for Oklahoma in this game comes from our incredible stat inside this week's Playbook Football Newsletter. Which we laid out and said that since 1980, Oklahoma State has had the better record in the series a total of 10 times. In those 10 football games, they've gone 2-8 and eight straight up and 3-7 and seven to the spread. And in those 10 games, when they're coming off a win, Oklahoma State is 0-6 straight up and against the spread with a better record against the Oklahoma Sooners. I'll grab the points with Oklahoma here for our Dia Dia dog and take the points with the Sooners. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to tear apart our... NFL football game of the week. And we've got another dandy for a rivalry matchup inside the AFC conference. We'll tear that game apart and hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new playbooks tokens are here earn rewards and get up to $100 in free PlayBucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your PlayBucks tokens, you can use them for playbook experts' picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free PlayBucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence
0: Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, on this Thanksgiving weekend. We hope you're enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday with family, friends, food, and football. What a nice combination that happens to be. And as we go against the spread on the football card, it's time to hop over to the National Football League side of things for our NFL game of the week. Let's go inside the AFC North Division in a battle between Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. In a game that has a lot of importance as far as playoff seating is concerned. Victor, how do you see the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals faring this Sunday?
1: Right, Steelers, Bengals, AFC North, one o'clock Eastern. It the uh, over-underline opened at 46 and a half, and it has dropped. It is down to forty-five. Uh, as we record the show here on Wednesday afternoon, there's even a couple of forty-four and a halves. and uh, this is one of those games where we're, we're going to wait it out until we make our move, obviously we can see which way the line is going. I'm not surprised the line is going that way. Obviously, Pittsburgh is a three and seven over under team on the season. That's a 70% under for the Steelers, three and three over under at home, one and three over under away. The weird thing is is that their road games are actually higher scoring than their home games despite those records. Cincinnati, also more unders than overs on the season for the Bengals. Four overs, six unders. Uh, 48.4 is the combined average for Cincinnati games this season. Their home games have averaged 50.1. They are a top-10 scoring offense at 27.0 points per game. Uh, This Pittsburgh offense, very difficult to figure out. I say that because check out their last four games. They have they had 380 yards of offense against Cleveland and scored only 15 points. The next game they scored they had 280 yards of offense but scored 29 against the Bears. Then they had 390 yards of total offense against Detroit, it scored only 16 points. And then finally last week against the Chargers, the Steeler offense had only 300 total yards. Yet they had 37 points in a game that really shouldn't have been a shootout, but it was, 41-37. to They're doing everything the opposite way. A uh, difficult team to figure out from an offensive perspective. One thing that's not is that Pittsburgh has definitely regressed on defense this year. They've fallen the number 23 defense on the season. They're averaging 60 more yards per game in 2021 than they did last year. The Steelers, it's been a pretty low scoring series between these two, five out of the last seven meetings under the total, only 36.8 points per game. Despite the low scoring series tendency, I am actually looking at a potential over here. And again, we'll follow the line as well. But based on some interesting database situations, like the fact that Cincinnati starts one of those uh, three straight home games in a row stretch, Cincinnati Bengals. And over the last three seasons, these are good games to consider going over. Uh, NFL favorites of eight or less points in their first of three straight home games have gone a perfect 7-0 and oh to the over in the last three years when the over and under is less than 50 points. That apl- applies to Cincinnati this week against Pittsburgh. And uh, it also applies in the Houston-New uh, York Jets game as well, just throwing that one out. AFC North games on the whole, I just queried this particular division. in the last five years, AFC North games have gone 15 and two to the over when the home team is favored by greater than a field goal and less than a touchdown. That applies. Uh, Cincinnati is in that like dead zone where they're favored by four to four and a half points in this particular game. Those games in the AFC North have gone 15 and 2. Uh, Both of these teams, as I mentioned, they scored a lot of points on the road last week. Cincinnati scored 32 on the road against Las Vegas. Well, as I just mentioned, Pittsburgh scored 37 on the road against the L.A. Chargers. And uh, here you go. This has gone 9-1-1 out of the database over the last 10 seasons. Any NFL game in which both teams are off a road game in which they scored 30 or more points when the over-under is less than 49. That applies to this game as well. So some interesting database situations that suggest this game is probably going to be a little higher scoring than people think. Now, with that said, you're going to want to shoot for a line. Your optimal alignment is obviously going to be 44 or less. We'll still play it if it's at 44 and a half. We'll still play it at 45. But just remember, when we do play the over in the Steelers-Bengals game, Your optimum line is 44 or less points.
2: Victor goes over the total in the Bengals-Steelers game on Sunday, a big, big showdown game in the AFC North Division, a battle of what would be right now the number 8 playoff seed Pittsburgh Steelers, the number 5 seed the Cincinnati Bengals, so a great deal of importance, obviously, for both teams in this matchup. Pittsburgh comes into the game off a loss. Cincinnati comes into the game off a win we found that situation in the series has been very very strong to the team that's coming off the loss in this case it being the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh has also done really rather well in the Queen City against Cincinnati winning 7 of the last 9 games covering the spread in 8 of those contests and in fact in those 9 games when they dressed up as a dog they went a perfect 5 and 0 to the spread. Also coming in this football game, you have the Ben Roethlisberger factor here. Ben Roethlisberger, as you recall, played his college football at Miami of Ohio and Oxford. And since he's joined the National Football League, he's done tremendously well in games he's played in the state of Ohio against Cleveland and Cincinnati as the visiting team. He's gone 27-5 and 1 straight up in his career when traveling to Ohio, 22-11 and 11 against the spread in those football games. The Cincinnati Bengals come into the football contest here just 3-7 and seven to the spread. Their last 10 games as a division home favorite, which sort of fits like a glove into Pittsburgh 7-1 and one spread record in their last eight games as a division road dog. This is, a, again, I think a step-up game for Cincinnati here. They're kind of in waters where they haven't been before, at least this stage of the football season, finding themselves favored against football teams they've dominated in the past. Pittsburgh is a bit of a Dia, Dia play, a dominating dog, doing it again in action. That's Pittsburgh taking points in this series that they've dominated in the past. I'm going to take the points of the Pittsburgh Steelers in this contest, and much like our Oklahoma closeout, where we mentioned about when Oklahoma State owned the better record and how well, how well Oklahoma fared against them, in this series, it's applied just the same way. When coming into this contest here, when Pittsburgh has traveled to Cincinnati and the Bengals have owned the better record, Pittsburgh has gone nine and two straight up and against the spread to bring Cincinnati back to earth, including a perfect five and zero straight up in ATS when Pittsburgh comes in off a straight up and ATS loss. Take the points with Pittsburgh for my side in this big AFC North battle on Sunday. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco, who joins us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas, Andy. I can smell the turkey basting right now as we talk. I know you're looking forward to a Thanksgiving weekend, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of pumpkin pie and whipped cream to be found in your house this weekend.
3: Well, yes, Mark, happy Thanksgiving to you and the staff and all the listeners. And I'll probably have more apple pie than pumpkin pie, although there are those I'll be dining with who enjoy the pumpkin pie as well. And uh, uh, I'll probably... uh, uh, I don't know if I'll have any pumpkin pie, but I'll probably have at least two slices of the apple pie, if I can squeeze it in at the end of what should be a very festive, large, and delicious meal.
2: Well, it's whipped cream with pumpkin pie, ice cream with apple pie, so either way, it sounds like you're going to be putting some cream on your pie this particular weekend, and I hope you really enjoy it and have a really festive Thanksgiving weekend this weekend. And I know it'll start with football, Andy, because there is a lot of football on tap this week, starting with college football, a lot of rivalry games, Moving over to the National Football League side of things where the games are getting more and more interesting with each passing week. All in all, Andy, I know in your newsletter, you talked a little bit about part two of your breakdown of NFL over under totals. And it's a great great read if anybody hasn't seen that in Andy's total here about putting NFL football totals into perspective about key numbers and where they fall and everything like that. How do you see, Andy, uh, where we're at with football this year as opposed to where we were last year, or maybe not last year, but let's say in the past five years in the National Football League as far as not only the games but the totals are concerned and the adjustments that have been made?
3: Yeah, I, I've done the start, uh, study. I went back actually. My original studies for the uh, X number of years were back to 1982, where my database uh, starts. But I decided to uh, cut it back a little bit and go back to 2002, which is the year that the NFL restructured into eight. Uh, divisions of four teams each, and it's remained that way. And what we've seen is an increase in scoring over the past uh, 19, now 20 seasons, as well as an increase in the total lines being put there by the lines maker. However, the lines maker uh, has, has been a little bit slow to uh, uh, to catch up for many years. The average total, the the average line for for all games, was slightly greater than the actual number of total points scored. And yet, uh, over the last year, and again uh, this year, uh, the uh, average uh, line is now below the uh, the uh, the where the total points actually fall. And actually, we're having a lot of. Uh, Unders this year, uh, once again, as we've had over the past few years. In fact, uh, uh, looking uh, through the first 165 games this past weekend, uh, the average total lo- total for uh, lines has been 47.5. The average points scored, however, has been a little more than half a point above that, 46.2. Okay. However, when you look at the over/under results for the uh, uh, for the season uh, to date. Uh, there have been 71 overs, 93 under, so that's a 22 game gap and one push. So uh, it's uh, uh, it's still a league where unders seem to predominate, even though the public loves the overs and the lines makers have adjusted and the teams have adjusted. Uh, and one of the things, and uh, I have a, a little conclusion uh, next in next week's issue that'll sort of wrap it all all up. But the basic thing is that roughly 65 to 70 percent of all games result in total points being scored outside the normal range of uh, the, the lines used by the lines maker. And I use the old 80-20 theory. In other words, uh, look for where 80% of the lines are, look at the 10% at the low end and 10% to the high end. And within uh, within that group, you still have nearly 65 to 70% of the games fall outside that range, meaning either much lower scoring than the lower end of the totals line, or uh, much higher scoring than the highest end of the totals line. So it's an interesting study. I think people who like to work with numbers and get an overall global perspective uh, will find that interesting and and useful.
2: We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the country, getting ready for our Thanksgiving weekend festivities. And with that, Andy... Let's switch over to what it is that our listeners know that you love reporting, and that's what's going on in the contests in Las Vegas this weekend. And as I understand, the Superbook Westgate has not posted their standings as of yet. So that being the case, I guess we'll do just the circa this weekend if it's good with you.
3: Well, sure. I, I the neither the gold nor the uh, uh, the main classic uh, contest has had updated. I can, however, briefly report on the consensus, because that's something that people generally like to follow throughout the season. Follow along in the contest, the five top selections each week. And last week in the Super Contest Classic, those selections were two and three. Not all that surprising. Minnesota was the most popular selection, which was a winner, along with the Indianapolis Colts against Buffalo. Uh, The losers were Seattle, uh, failing in their attempt uh, against uh, Arizona. Dallas, uh, failing in their attempt at Kansas City. And Baltimore, where the closing line was down to about one, one and a half uh, over Chicago. But the contest line was four and a half or five, depending upon the contest, because that came out uh, well before the Lamar Jackson news uh, towards the end of the week, uh, which caused a drop in the actual line. But of course, the contest lines uh, remain constant and static. So overall for the season now, the uh, five top plays in the consensus for the 11 weeks, 27, 21, and 1, that's exactly uh, 50%. Looking at the Super Contest Gold, only 87 uh, participants there, putting in $5,000 each for a total winner-take-all prize of 435000 Uh, They once again had a tie for the fifth most popular selection last week in the consensus as not all that much of a surprise because of the small field making uh, 87 picks in total. However, the uh, top play in the contest uh, in in the consensus last week was a loser with Seattle. The other losers, Baltimore, Cleveland, and Dallas. Cleveland, of course, and Baltimore winning their games but failing to cover uh, the contest number. The two winners last week, Minnesota and Indianapolis. So uh, for the season, there were three weeks in which The fifth most popular selection uh, in the the contest was a tie, so there are a total of 56 selections. uh, I'm sorry, 58 selections: 30, 26, and two for the season in the Super Contest Gold Consensus, slightly better than 53. Uh, as, as you mentioned before, and as I, I notified you earlier, uh, standings uh, not yet posted on the uh, Super Contest website. I'm guessing it may have to do with uh, people taking some time off for the Thanksgiving weekend, although uh, you'd like to think that they'd have somebody who would be able to uh, uh, fill in there. So perhaps over the next 24 hours or so, at least hopefully before the end of Thursday, we'll find out what the uh, uh, the st- standings are. Looking at the uh, Circa, they've got the two con- two contests, the Circa Survivor and the uh, Circa Million. Each contest uh, had a $1,000 entry fee. There were 4,080 entrants in the Circa Survivor, and uh, over the last few weeks, there have been quite a number of them uh, eliminated with uh, some of those upsets, some of those shocking upsets, such to the extent that entering week 11, only 173, or 4.2% of those 4,080 entries, remained alive. There were 39 uh, contestants eliminated uh, due to the results of two teams. Uh, It was Tennessee uh, losing shockingly at home outright to Houston. 38 contestants were on Houston. And the other loss was one contestant had the uh, uh, Carolina Panthers 39 uh, ent- uh, contestants or entries that were eliminated last week represented just under a quarter of what was at that time the remaining field of 173. Turning now to the circa million contest, uh, that guarantees a million dollar first place prize to uh, the ultimate winner of the season. And when there's one contestant right now uh, after 55 picks, 11 weeks with a record of 42 and 13. That's 76. Point four percent Good enough for a one-point lead or one-game lead over the one contestant at 41. There are another contestant each to half point back down, 40 and a half, 40, 39 and a half. I'll go down to uh, the uh, number at 37. There are 24 contestants at 37, meaning that anyone at 37 or higher is within 5 points of the lead. That works out to a total of 57 within 5% of the lead, and if you are amongst that 57, uh, you are hitting at least 67.3%, getting uh, 37 or more out of the possible uh, 55 points. So that's the status of the uh, uh, circa contest let me give you the, the results for the consensus in that circa million uh, last week the consensus was three and two a very evenly divided uh, top five selections uh, all f- the top five selections uh, there was a very narrow range 1155 or about 25 percent a little more than 25 percent of the four thousand uh, uh the i think it's four thousand and seven entries in that contest uh Very narrow. The number one pick was the Colts. They had 1,155 people select that game. And the number five selection, only about 100 less, 1,050. The other three uh, consensus plays were all in between those two extremes. The uh, winners last week, there were uh, three winners. The Colts were one. The uh, Dolphins uh, were another winner in the top five and the vikings with their uh, home win uh, as a slight underdogs against green bay the two teams that lost uh, the ravens who were four and a half point favorites in in uh, that contest at chicago again before the news about lamar jackson broke and the seattle seahawks uh, also a loser so the 3 and 2 record building upon a record of 30 30- and 21 uh, from prior weeks, again, one there was one game that uh, had a tie for the fifth most popular choice, bringing the record for the season for the Circa Consensus to 33 and 23, a shade under 59% for the Circa Million con- uh, Consensus, which has a little bit more than twice as many entries than does the uh, Westgate uh, Super Contest Classic.
2: And Andy, uh, I know there's going to be some key games going on in the National Football League next week. And as he always does, Jay Cornegie sends out his advance lines. And if you would share those with our listeners out there, I know they'd love to hear what's going to go on next week in the National Football League. Uh,
3: sure thing, Mark, and there are still some buys to be had, and four, four of those remaining buys occur next week. Week 13, Green Bay, uh, Cleveland, uh, the Tennessee Titans, and the Carolina Panthers are shown as uh, the buy teams for next week. Week kicks off on Thursday, December 2nd. Dallas at New Orleans, the Cowboys right now favored by five with a total of 48. The games of Sunday, December 5th, Minnesota favored by seven and a half at Detroit with a total of 48. Arizona favored by seven at Chicago, total of 46 and a half. Uh, Tampa Bay favored by nine and a half at Atlanta with a total of 50. And a half. Kansas City, a hefty 9.5-point home favorite against division rival Denver. That total, 49.5. Indianapolis, favored by 7 on the road at Houston with a total of 47. Philadelphia, f- uh, favored by 6.5, as uh, they once again will uh, play in MetLife Stadium. They have uh, face the Giants this week. They'll face the New York Jets next week, where the Eagles are 6.5-point road favorites. Total of 45. The L.A. Chargers are in Cincinnati, uh, where the Bengals are one-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total is 48. And let's hope we don't get anywhere clear, anywhere near the temperatures for that ice bowl some 30-something years ago. One-and-a-half favored by the Bengals, total of 48. Giants are in Miami, where the Dolphins are two-and-a-half-point home favorites and a total of 43-and-a-half Washington out here in Las Vegas to face the Raiders, and they have the Raiders as one and a half point home favorites with a total of 48. AFC North matchup: Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Baltimore favored by three on the road with a total of 45. Jacksonville at the LA Rams. Rams 12 point home favorites with a total of 48. And the uh, San Francisco 49ers are at Seattle, and that game is a pick 'em with a total of 46. And I'm looking to see because now we're in the flex part of the schedule and it looks as though that Denver at Kansas City game is going to be the Sunday night game as we are now in the flex part of the season. Monday night, December 6th, it'll be New England Patriots at Buffalo in the first of the meetings between those top two teams in the AFC East. Buffalo at home, a three-and-a-half point home favorite. The total, 46 in that key AFC uh, matchup.
2: View review of the advanced lines from the Superbook for next week in the National Football League. And as he always does, before I let you go, Andy, and get to that turkey that's in the oven, I know you're doing a great job basting that puppy. If you would share with us, our listeners out there, your complimentary play on the football card for this weekend.
3: Yeah, it's an interesting week. A lot of very important matchups as we get now into the cold weather and you know into uh, for everybody the second half of the season with teams having six or seven uh, uh, games remaining. Uh, I'm going to go with that game between the Rams and the Packers in Green Bay. Game varied between minus one each way, but currently sits at Pickham. and that looks to be a good number considering some of the uncertainties. Con- concerning the health of Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay uh, quarterback. Uh, But uh, I'll point out that losses last week by Green Bay and Dallas uh, have the Rams back in the race for the top NFC seed. They are one of four NFC teams with only three losses. Nobody has fewer. Only, uh, Only one has fewer, and that's Arizona. Uh, with two. Uh, The Rams defeated another three-loss team, Tampa Bay, earlier this season and can catch up with Arizona by defeating them in their Week 14 rematch in Arizona. Uh, The Rams are off of their bye week, which came at just the right time as the Rams had lost back-to-back games prior to that week of rest. That time off gave the team, especially quarterback Stafford, time to refresh, uh, reload, Uh, Heel-nagging injuries refocus for the stretch run, and it also allowed for the integration into the Rams' system for several of the recently acquired players during midseason, both on offense and defense. We're talking uh, more uh, use out of Von Miller on defense, and OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, looking to fit more into the uh, offensive scheme for the Rams. Uh, Green Bay could easily have uh, defeated Minnesota last week, but saw its long point spread covering streaks snapped. Uh, they were either 9-0 and or 8-0-1. Very often we see with lengthy streaks, whether it be straight up or against the spread, that once a streak is ended, we see a repeat of wherever the result was that ended uh, the streak. Uh, Green Bay does have uh, some extra rest coming off of um, Uh, uh, Excuse me. I'm sorry. They will have extra rest uh, to prepare or extra time to prepare for this game because they have their bye, as I mentioned earlier, next week. So uh, that sort of uh, negates some of the advantage that the Rams might have had with their uh, with their week of rest. Rogers does rate the quarterback edge uh, as far as the matchup of the two quarterbacks, uh, but the depth of the overall roster, in my opinion, favors. Uh, the Rams. Uh, the Rams have fared well after bye weeks under Coach McVay. Three and one, both straight up and ATS. Interestingly enough, three of those four games were on the road. I believe last year, uh, I think it was against Seattle off their bye. That was the lone home game uh, uh, coming off the bye. Uh, so they have had success. Uh, the match, They match up very well defensively against the Packers offense, dealing with some uh, key injuries. I've got the Rams... Um, well, obviously, if, I'm, if they're going to cover pick them, they're going to win the game. And I have them winning uh, by about four to seven points.
2: Andy it's on and the L.A. Rams to bounce back off their back-to-back losses with a week of rest to help get them better prepared for the football game. We'll mark that down. Andy, I'm going to wish you the best of luck with not only your Rams pick, but all of your football choices this particular weekend. And as we like to do every year at this particular time, warn you about that apple or pumpkin pie, just take it easy on the ice cream or the whipped cream, if you will.
3: I'll be putting on a lot of uh, different things on the plate. Play, it'll also be putting on a lot of extra weight but wait but i would like to wish you the staff again and, and all of our listeners a very happy healthy and safe thanksgiving weekend and uh, despite some of the uh, events we hear in the news and some of the things that seem to get us questioning certain things uh, we have an awful lot to be thankful for and this is the time of the year uh, that we uh, step back a little bit give thanks and uh, show our appreciation by uh, having a uh, a huge feast and uh, I look forward to that as I'm sure all of uh, all of those listening to us will
2: that was Andy Esco joining us from Las Vegas and don't go away guys when Dicker and I return we'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and complimentary plays from both of us when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread
0: If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach football newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this.
2: Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sportsbook online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in apple and g as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the
0: best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome 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 angle of the week.
2: All right, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week on this Thanksgiving weekend. We go to college football this weekend, and it's called Missionary Position. What we're looking to do in college football is to play on any away mission team in their final game of the season whose opponent owns the better win percentage if the mission team allows fewer than 21 points per game. And once again, to qualify to become a mission team, it's simply the fact that you missed a bowl game last year after having been bowling each of the previous three seasons. So these away mission teams in their last game of the season, when they take on an opponent that has the better record, And this mission team owns a good defense. They come in by this numbers. Since 1990, these plays have gone 10-1-1 against the spread. This is a 91% awesome angle play this week. That play will be on Penn State when they invade Michigan State to take on the Spartans on Saturday. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap this Thanksgiving weekend and for his complimentary play as well thank
1: you mark and we have got a big one in college football our four star over of the week it's a saturday game and that will be up at the playbooksports.com website oh it should be up sometime on thursday evening and speaking of thursday turkey day uh i do want to point out that uh, it may be a day to go low but one game we're actually looking at is this uh, turkey day night game the night game has had some very good low scoring tendencies four overs 10 unders in the last 15 years an average of minus 5.8 points per game in fact each of the last six turkey day night games have gone under the total so with that said we're leaning bills saints under the total on thursday night but only if you can find a line of 45 and a half or higher in that particular game. So we'll just call that a, a little turkey day treat. Uh, again, Saints and the Bills under the total at 45 and a half or higher. And hey, I'm going to give the ball to Tuco again this week, and Tuco's not dumb, okay? He, uh, he knows that it's been the unders that have been cashing over the last five weeks in the NFL, so he's definitely joining the under crowd in Week 12. And his play is going to be for the Jacksonville Jaguars to go under their team total, which is twenty-two and a half points. There's there's no justification for the odds makers setting the highest over under team total line of the year for the Jaguars just because they're hosting the four and six Atlanta Falcons. This one's about value. The Jaguars can score 20 or 21 points, and we would still win this particular game. And that's already a very high bar for the Jaguars. After all, they're the second-worst scoring offense in the entire league. They're only averaging 15.9 points per game, and even lower, 14.0 points per game at home this season for the Jaguars. I can't think of a more... this this The Trevor Lawrence situation angers me a little bit with Jacksonville because I, I can't think of a more sabotaged situation than what the Jacksonville coaching staff has done to rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. They've basically had a collar on him all season long. And they're running these stupid offensive route combinations and concepts that you can't run at the NFL level. I'm pointing my finger at you, uh, Mr. Urban Meyer, Mr. College coach. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is very, very paltry, 6.0, yards per passing attempt, is ranked the number 34 quarterback in the league. It's the second worst behind Jacoby Brissett. It's it's basically dink and dunk city for this Jacksonville offense. And now you do realize that the Jaguars have gone one and eight over under in their last nine games since week two. And the clincher for us is definitely the fact that Jacksonville is third lowest in the league in offensive touchdowns since the start of last year, only 52 of them. For Tuco, it's going to be Jacksonville Jaguars under their team total of 22 and a half points. We'll have a NFL totals triple play up on the website, and as I mentioned, a big high scoring over of the weekend college football as well.
2: That's Victor King with Tuco going under the Jacksonville total of 22 and a half points on Sunday. Just a quick little note in passing. Looking over their ledger, Jacksonville has scored. More than 21 points only one time this season, and that was a mere 23 points. Good handicapping by Victor and Tuco on that particular game, Jacksonville to go under 22 and a half points. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick reminder that our friends at mybookie.ag once again are offering our listeners a double your first deposit bonus. Simply log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code playbook. And get double your first deposit bonus at mybookie.ag this weekend just in time for the Thanksgiving weekend games. And talking about Thanksgiving weekend, it's our famous five-star turkey shoot weekend going this weekend. You'll receive every selection play I make from Friday through Monday, including our five-star NFL revenge play of the year. It goes Sunday all part of a $99 football weekend of winners. When you join me for our five-star Turkey Shootout Weekend, log on at playbooksports.com or give our office a call toll-free to get on board at 1-800-321-7777. And with that, before we close out here, my complimentary play on the college football card this Saturday. We're going to go down into the bayou and take the points with LSU Against Texas AM in what might be Ed Ogeron's last game as a head coach with the Bengals. LSU is one of those teams we mentioned before that needs a win to become bowl eligible. A sixth victory would do just that. Looking at what LSU's done in the series at home, they've gone 7 and 2 straight up and 8 0 oh, 1 against the spread since AM has hooked up with LSU. They've taken four or points, I should say, on four occasions in those. Nine football games, they have not lost the money in any of those four football games, and in fact, if you like a little bit of history, the last time Texas A and M was at LSU in 2019, LSU was a 17 and a half point favorite when they whomped A and M 50 to seven. Of course, that was behind Joe Burrow and that national championship football team. Nonetheless. We're going to play LSU in a win-one-for-the-Gipper situation this particular weekend. We'll take the points with them against Texas A&M for our complimentary call on Saturday's football card. That's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank everybody listening out there and wish you once again a very happy Thanksgiving weekend to you and your family. I also want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas from The TheLogicalApproach.com. Until next week, once again, This is Mark Lawrence, reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.